0: No, no, no. now your weekly dose of inspiration, inspiration perspiration, perspiration perspiration and just the right amount of bull defecation <laughs> the get you some radio show with your host the vice president of making shit happen terry lancaster hey everybody welcome back greetings and salutations welcome to the get you some radio show and i am as always your host terry lancaster now when I was in college back in the Reagan administration, I had to make a choice. I had to decide whether I was gonna graduate from college with an engineering degree, or whether I was going to uh, spend four or five years at college uh, drinking and chasing women. And the, uh, the booze and the women won. <laughs> I, I gave up my engineering major and I switched over to become a, a journalism major. I didn't know what I was gonna do with the journalism degree, but I had a couple of ideas back in, back in the back of my head. And one of the ideas was that I was gonna be a humor columnist, For a newspaper there's a guy named dave berry and he had this column and i used to read it all the time and uh, i love that i said "Well, i could i can write you know five six hundred seven hundred words a week you know spend the rest of the time on the golf course at the ice rink doing whatever i wanted to do that'd be great just have to write one humor column a week didn't work out that way i didn't get that job but today's guest has that job he's a humor columnist and he's uh, he works he uh syndicates a humor column for about a dozen newspapers. He's also an author. He's written a couple of books, one called No Bullshit Social Media, and his new one, the third edition of Branding Yourself. Today's guest is Eric Deckers, and we're gonna be back in a minute just to talk with Eric, and we're gonna talk about what personal branding is, what it means to you, and how you can get you some of it. We'll be right back with that, right after this. The last thing you need is another guy telling you that your salespeople need to be more proactive on social media. You already know this. 90 some odd percent of all sales begin with online research. 97% of buyers say they would prefer to connect with a salesperson before they get to the dealership. 70% of uh, buyers, according to the NADA, 70% of buyers say they buy because they like the person they're buying from. You know all of these things. But knowing what to do and actually being able to convince your salespeople to put those ideas into action are two entirely different things. My name is Terry Lancaster. If you'll join me at the Innovative Dealer Summit in Denver on April 3rd and 4th, I'll have a seminar. 17 drop-dead simple things that even your stubbornest, laziest salesperson can put into action today to sell more cars on social media today. You'll leave this seminar better equipped to help your salespeople reach buyers earlier in the buying process before they've submitted their names and information to every third generation lead provider on the internet. You'll be able to help them create their own leads to generate their own weather instead of standing around the front of the store, waiting on the bus. And you'll be able to help your salespeople create more referrals, more reviews, more repeat business, simply by building, more better and more human, more honest customer relationships. Now I know this is the Innovative Dealer Summit, but we're not gonna be using any of the 2018 buzzwords that you have to have to be innovative. We're not gonna talk about attribution. We're not gonna talk about autonomous. We're not gonna talk about artificial intelligence. We're gonna be talking about simple, real world ideas that you could put into action in the store the minute you get back to the store and knowledge that you can use is the greatest innovation of all the innovative dealer summit, April 3rd and 4th in Denver. I'm Terry Lancaster. I'll see you on the mountain. Eric, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. Welcome aboard the show. This is my first interview of the new year at 17 degrees in Nashville and you were just selling me. You're in sunny, warm Florida, 52 degrees. And plus you've got my dream job. So I, I pretty much hate you at this point
1: right now. Eric. <laughs> I do what I can.
0: Well, Hey, so, um, so, so let's t- tell me about this dream. How did you end up with my dream job? This is something not only is it, was it hard for me to, how to, how to see how to get there from there, but since that time, half of all the newspapers in the countries have pretty much shut their doors. How did you end up being a humor columnist? And, and how did you, uh, you know, parlay that into writing these books? Tell, tell well, us about the Eric story.
1: So I, uh, I think you and I were in college about the same time. I was there, uh, during the Reagan administration and Bush administration as well. Um, and, uh, my big, uh, inspiration was Mike Royko oh, yeah. who's, uh, with Chicago sun times. And, uh, uh, you know, we used to get his column every three times a week in the ball state daily news, which is what a columnist actually does is three times a week, uh, writing. Although I think the humor guys only do once a week. And I thought I want to be Mike Royko. Yeah. And so. Uh, I never really thought much about it until later when I started writing some humorous essays and looked for a place for those to be published, and I approached the editor of a small weekly paper in northern Indiana called the Wakarusa Tribune, and uh, he liked my stuff and uh, and agreed to publish it, but uh, couldn't pay me, (laughs) and so he put, he owned two newspapers up there, and he put my column in both of those papers, and then I started to do self syndication and uh, reached some other papers and, and got picked up here and there. And so now I think I'm running in about 10 weekly newspapers around Indiana. So uh, unfortunately for the last 21 years that I've been doing this, you know, and I write it every Thursday. So today is we're recording this tonight is column night. I have to write a uh, next week column. Yeah. Uh, I have been paid tens of dollars over the years so uh it's more of a hobby i i love to do it i love writing i especially love writing humor it's in everything that i do but i i count it as a job because that's sort of how i built my personal brand uh and that's how i got a lot of my exposure to audiences who found me through the written word right that's where i first kind of made my mark
0: yeah. So, so people found you and, uh, you talk, you talk in the book, uh, really, I guess this is the kind of thing you talk in the book about faith based networking. It's kind of an, if you build it, they will come, come sort of thing. And it sounds like that's what your, your, your humor blog or your humor column did for you.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and the faith based networking is kind of that idea. I also call it serendipity. It's the idea that you will be in the right place at the right time to meet the right person with the right opportunity. Uh, and so, you know, some people call it faith, some people call it karma, some people call it blind luck, but whatever it is, you have to create that opportunity. And so I thought instead of just waiting for people to find me in the newspaper, because even though, you know, I was in 10 newspapers at, uh, at this point, they only have a thousand readers, right? Fifteen hundred. I'm not going to get a big audience that way, and so I decided I have to start promoting myself online. This is back in the '90s, yeah. Uh, and I built my own website and was posting my column every week on my website just to get that wider audience. And I would find people, or people would find me. I remember uh, doing a search and finding uh, Jason Falls, my co-author for No Bullshit Social Media. He was also a humor writer in the '90s, and I found him and read some of his stuff, and I emailed him because I thought he was funny, never heard back, and then forgot all about him right until we met in around two thousand nine or two thousand and ten, uh, and we started talking about writing the book and I remembered I had found him ten years earlier <laughs> so you know so there 's that serendipity again it 's a, you know we were meeting under. Uh, a new opportunity for a new set of circumstances that had nothing to do with the old one, but I just happened to find him because he was putting himself out there at the same time I was putting myself out there.
0: So which came first? You had the, uh, the no bullshit social media or the the personal branding books. I think you've got a couple of others in there as well, but how did you, uh, how did you start writing and speaking on, on this idea?
1: Well, uh, I helped my co author for branding yourself. He had a book that he was doing Twitter marketing for dummies. And I ghosted half of that. So my name's not actually on there, but uh, I wrote half of it. So, yeah. um, so I helped him with that. And we had such a good time that we said, hey, let's do this again. But we, uh, we had a different book. And, and so we, uh, Wiley wasn't interested in it, right? And Wiley publishes the Dummy series. But uh, Pearson was. And Kyle knew somebody at Pearson uh, who got us in touch with his editor, and we got to, and they had an office in Indi- in Indianapolis. We got in front of her, pitched her the book idea, and she liked it. And the the crux of the book was, uh, over the last three years at that time, I had gone from moving down to the city and not knowing anybody, and then working for the state government, mm-hmm. to leaving state government, going to work for a direct mail company and doing all kinds of networking and and public speaking and having one-on-one coffees and jumping on the social media bandwagon and going, uh, you know, just meeting anybody and everybody that I could so that by 2010, I knew a lot of people. You know, I knew, I knew thousands of people around the city and even people who knew a lot of people told me, gosh, you know, a lot of people. Right. So, uh, so Kyle, when we were talking about what book should we write, Kyle said, we need to write a playbook for the you from three years ago, Mm -hmm. tell you how to get to where you are today. Yeah. And so that's where branding yourself came from. And we talked about, here's how you use Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and blogging and all of these other social networks. But also, here's how you do networking and public speaking and writing for print as a way to build your brand. And we were able to draw on all of those since we had both been doing that at the time. And so that was 2010, uh, 2011, Jason and I did uh, no bullshit social media, 2012, Kyle and I did the second edition of branding yourself. And then the following year I helped a friend with, uh, the owned media doctrine, which is a content marketing book. Right. And then in 2017, we did the third edition of branding yourself. Yeah.
0: So, and uh, the, well, the thing, I, I love the book. The, one of the things I like is that it's got, it's kind of an introduction section where it talks about the importance of personal branding and what can happen. It tells a little bit of the backstory like you just told. But then the rest of the book is really broken out. I, I told my daughter, my daughters who are in college, this looks like a college textbook. I mean, there's, there's a chapter on Facebook, go through, you do this, you do this, do this, do this. And then there's, I mean, it, it's kind of laid out. It, it's, it is like a textbook on branding yourself. Is that the intention? Okay.
1: Exactly, we like I said, we wanted it to be that playbook and and the book has been used in several colleges. I you know I get calls from uh, the University of Nevada at Reno or uh, University of Minnesota in Duluth, uh, and I skype in to those uh, those classes and we talk about personal branding in the book where they are actually using it
0: yeah well, to speak speaking on my daughters i have three daughters uh they're they're all now the youngest is 19 the oldest are, are 22 the twins and i tell everyone that I've, I've lived through three teenage daughters and i've developed this superpower that is i can hear when people roll their eyes at me you know i can't you can't yep. go through teenage daughters and i i kind of <laughs> i kind of have this problem when uh when i start talking about personal branding and i write and speak a lot about personal branding as well as i i can just hear the eyeballs roll when I start talking about personal branding, because I, I hate the term personal branding, people think I'm going to tell them what color socks they need to wear, wh- whether their tie needs to match their socks, whether they're a winter color or, or autumn mm-hmm. colors or, or or a lot of this stuff. And, and I, I speak mostly with salespeople and entrepreneurs, and they don't care about whether their socks and their ties match. That's not what they want to hear. They want to hear about how is this going to help me make more money and sell more stuff. And in, in your book, you had right up the front it had about, a list of six or seven kinds of people who personal branding is a must for. You have, If you're involved in these industries, you need to be on top of this now. And it had authors and speakers and musicians and, and people who are in the creative arts where they're creating something and they are their products themselves. But then the last one were salespeople, entrepreneurs, and finally, all of the above and job seekers. So go through a moment and just tell us about for salespeople and entrepreneurs, and then for job seekers, why personal branding matters.
1: Well, uh, and if you don't like the term personal branding, that's you know, too bad. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> it, the one it's, that,
0: it's the one that fits and it's the one that everyone uses. So, uh, you know, I have to suck yeah. it up and deal with it. And,
1: and people have that reaction of, well, I'm not a brand. McDonald's is a brand and, you know, BP is a brand, but, But if you assume that a brand just means logos and colors and taglines and matching socks and ties, uh, you're right. You're not that. But what a brand is, is it's an emotional response that is instilled in us whenever we see that logo or see that person. So, you know, we have an emotional response for McDonald's or BP or the Chicago Cubs or the New York Yankees, you know good or bad negative or positive we have a response when we see all of those things and so uh to that end people have an emotional response when they see us uh i call it can i swear on here please okay good i call it the oh good oh shit response right. uh when we come and when we go people say either oh good or oh shit and whichever one they say when we are coming or going is entirely dependent on us. Yeah. So if they say, oh, good, when we show up and oh, shit, when we leave, they like us. If they say, oh, shit, when we show up and oh, good, when we leave, they don't like us. That's a brand. And so for salespeople, for entrepreneurs, for marketers, you want that oh, good, oh, shit response in that order because it means people like you and they trust you. Uh, and so your brand becomes, what do they think of you? What do they think of you when you show up? What do they think of you when you're not around? What do they think of when they hear your name? Are you somebody that they want to talk to or that they want to introduce you to your friend, their friends? Or do they want to refer you to somebody in the hopes that you can help them or they can help you? That's, the, to me, one of the biggest signs of trust. Not, did they buy from you? That's mm-hmm. certainly important but did they trust you and rely on you enough that they're going to put their own reputation on the line and introduce you to somebody else who can do great things for you. And so your brand is that emotional response is that feeling they have about you. So you can call it what you want, your reputation, uh, you know, your, your, I don't know what else we want to talk about or, or call this, you know, but reputation is the other big one, your reputation, your street cred. Right. But, it's it's whatever that response is when people think of you and hear your name.
0: Yeah. So some of the words I use is, is reputation management. Is that uh, that's all it is? It's exactly what people say about you when you leave the room. It is your reputation, and uh, just like your grandmother told you, your reputation is everything. The you know, the other words you bo- use in the book is self promotion. But you said there's a, there's a little a, a little difference between self promotion and personal branding. Where I mean so and I call it personal branding without being a jerkwad. You know, how, mm-hmm. how, how do you do that without coming off as the swarmy guy?
1: Well, a lot of, uh, and, and I'm from Indiana originally. Uh, and, you know, in Indiana, we were taught to be humble. And I always like to think of Indiana as America's Canada. And, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> and we were, you know, we're told not to brag. And so for those of us from Indiana, even something simple like saying, I wrote a book, can be seen as bragging. But it's not bragging, you're stating a fact. Mm-hmm. But if you say, I wrote a book and that makes me special, or I wrote a book and I need to be treated with, uh, you know, with respect and dignity, that's bragging. Um, you know, if you, if you can state something matter of factly, without hyperbole, without exaggeration, that's just stating a fact. But if you try to put somebody else down or try to elevate yourself, because of that accomplishment, that's bragging. And I think that's the self-promotion, that smarmy behavior that people don't like, that we associate with those, those jerkwads who, you know, all they're doing is taking selfies and putting it on Instagram saying, you know, look at me with my car, look at me on my private jet, look at me with this big bottle of expensive wine. Yeah, That's self-promotion. That's that slimy kind of dirty stuff that people don't really respond well to as opposed to <clears throat> you, can, you can promote your brand, you can be present by helping other people. And you can do that visibly. Uh, for example, I had a, uh, a guy who used to be a student of mine when I was teaching some uh, college classes. <clears throat> he posed a question to me and several other uh, prominent social media people and we all answered his questions. He posed several questions. We all answered them uh, visibly on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Now, I could have emailed him privately and given him those same answers, but since it was Twitter, it was, it was easier to do, but I also knew that my answers would be seen by other people. I also saw that my assistants would be seen by other people. Uh, hopefully, that would encourage other people to ask me questions. I, I don't mind when people do that. I like when people ask me uh, questions or they ask for advice. And so my promotion uh, was me being helpful, not me going, Hey, everybody, look at this answer or, you know, sharing another photo of me out on the beach or something. So. And nobody wants to see photos of me out on the beach though. Yeah. (laughs) So that's kind of that big difference is, is if you can help other people, yeah, you can be visible when you do it. That's, Good personal branding. Self-promotion is when it's all about you and, and uh, telling everybody, hey, look at this.
0: Yeah. The concept you use in the book is you say it's giver's gain. Yes. Yeah.
1: So give- that's, a, <clears throat> that's a big concept that we took from uh, BNI, Business Networking International, and uh, a good friend of ours and one of our networking mentors. In fact, she's in the book, Hazel Walker she owns the Indiana franchise to be an I. And that's where we learned about givers gain was from Hazel. And that's the idea that you do something good for someone else rather than wait for them to do something good for you. And when you do something good for someone else, you don't keep score. You don't keep track. You don't keep a tally of who owes you favors because once you do something for someone, they don't owe you anything. You expect them to pay it forward and give it to somebody else, but if you do enough good things for enough people, that karma that we talked about earlier, that will be revisited on you. Uh, you help enough people, they will want to help you in return, or they will want to tell other people about you, and they will help you in return. Yeah, and so yet yeah. that givers gain.
0: Another, another quote you have in the book, this is, my, this is actually my favorite quote from the book. It says, you can't become a big success without knowing a lot of people and having a lot of people know you. So that's, mm-hmm. that's all part of this. It's the, the faith-based networking, but you got you to you fish. You got you to put, put a lot of lines in the water.
1: Yep. And, uh, and I attribute any and all of my successes and, and the good fortune that has come to me because I have helped a lot of people and they have helped me in return. Uh, i I have been blessed over the you know the last ten years, twelve years with you know with everything that I have, thanks to the people who have helped me and so my my give back in that sense is to help as many people as I can, not necessarily returning the favors to the other people, uh, but helping anybody and everybody that I can because I know it helps me and that in turn helps the people I'm helping and it helps the people who have helped me. It's, it's a one big web of giving a one big web of giving And
0: You know, and uh, I find a lot of the people, people end up, they start thinking about this type of stuff usually about a day late. You know, they, they think about it. uh, Most of the time, most of the phone calls I get are someone who just got canned. They, they just got, they just got fired or they're, they're just starting a new job and they're, they're going, well, what now? And, and times are different. And we, you talked in the book, again, about the types of people who need the personal branding. And one of those was job seekers. And the stat was that you know, times have changed and the way people hire people have changed. And now 75% of all employers, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to look for your social media or online presence to see if you're even worth talking to.
1: Exactly. And you mentioned, um, you know, people looking for a job. I remember when I left my job at at state government, I was the uh, crisis communication director of the Indiana State Health Department. And I didn't know anybody. And when I left, luckily, I had a job to go to. But when I left, the only people I knew were the people in state government. So if I was looking for another job, they were not going to be any help whatsoever. But then when I got to the new job where I was doing sales and marketing and I was returning back to the private sector to do sales and marketing, I essentially was showing up in the city on day one. Yeah, You know, I'd spent nearly two years there, cloistered within the confines of state government. So when I got out, the only person I knew who did sales and marketing was the guy who got me the job at his clients. <laughs> so he's not going to be, he's not going to be a good, uh, Customer, right. So I had to go out and do a lot of networking and just basically hit the ground running. And I went to this group called Rainmakers, which is sort of like BNI. And I met a, another woman there, Lorraine Ball, who uh, she was a, a very valuable mentor and friend in terms of teaching me to network and to meet other people. And uh, and I listened to everything she said and did everything she said and went to any events that she told me about. And I was going to two and three networking events a week uh, just to get out and meet those people. But if I, if I hadn't done that, I would have, I would have spent months and months and months working the phone, hoping to find somebody to take my call. And it's the same thing when when I left. If I thought, if I had left state government and didn't have a job, I would, been forced to stick with career builder and monster and indeed.com right. to try to find a job because I didn't know anybody who could help me.
0: Yeah. The, um, I've had uh, several people, several people on the show. One of whom you know is you're, uh, who's actually a case study and you broke a guy named Dave Delaney, uh, oh, yeah. but, but Dave and another, another guy who's been on the show a couple months ago named Sherman Moore, who, who attribute almost all of the, any success they've ever had to creating this nexus where their online world and their real life world meet. Where they, where they where they can bring those two membranes together that that's where the magic happens.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So <clears throat> one of the things that I'm a big proponent of, like I I'm not, I don't believe in in lions LinkedIn online networkers. You know right. the people who amass fifty sixty thousand followers. I at least want somebody who I've been connected to, or might have a reasonable chance of connecting, and so. You know, you and I are connected on LinkedIn. And we've met in person. Exactly. And and I think that's, I don't remember which came first, if if it was that, that time at Crema Coffee or if it was uh, LinkedIn first that had us connected, but, but we've done both. Yeah. Uh, but if I meet somebody at a conference, I'll connect with them. Or if I'm going to meet somebody at a conference, I'll connect with them. Or when I moved down here to Orlando, I started reaching out to people on LinkedIn and say, Hey. I just moved, uh, I did a lot of networking in my previous hometown, and now I'm trying to expand my network here. And those people would accept my invitation and then I would ask them out for coffee. Yeah. And uh, it's a little creepy, I have to admit, I felt maybe like I was being a bit of a creep,
0: yeah.
1: uh, but I also knew that this is the only way I'm going to meet people. And so uh, I would have coffee with some and those people who uh, didn't respond back I let it go. It you know, didn't hurt my feelings. I didn't need to call them a jerk or make them feel bad for turning me down. Mm-hmm. I just let it go. But I've, uh, I have built up a sizable network in Orlando in the last two years that I'm sort of back to my old tricks of connecting people with other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know oh you need this I know somebody who's got that and they need what you have and now I've got two and three cities that I can work that in and I've connected people from Orlando to Nashville to Indianapolis so uh, that's it's one of the most important things that I've done in my networking is just like you said merging those two meeting the people I've connected with online and connecting online with the people I've met in the real world
0: Uh, one more thing, and then I'm going to get to your action step, but I I wanted to talk because I, the one thing that I really liked about the book is that you actually had a chapter on Google and most people, they, a lot of people who talk about personal branding and they, they talk about social media and they forget to leave out the, 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 uh, you know, the 800 pound gorilla in the middle of the room is that all of this goes back to Google and the first place anyone ever is going to go look for you is Google and your presence on there matters as much as anywhere else.
1: Exactly. Your employer will search for you. Uh, they may not. Hopefully, they will find good stuff mm-hmm. about you. Uh, you don't want them to find bad things about you, but the, the close second to finding bad things about you is to find nothing. Uh, that's, it, it speaks to an unremarkableness if there is nothing about you on Google anywhere for anything. So even if it's a hobby, and you've got a blog or a website about your hobby, or you uh, contribute to forum discussions, or you post on Pinterest and Instagram, the thing that you love to do—whether you're a Doctor Who fan, or you're a mountain climber, or you're a jogger, or you collect beer cans, or whatever it is—be mm-hmm. present and be notable about it. Um, but at the very, you know, at the very best, if you are trying to look for that job or trying to find those clients or just trying to build your brand, do the things that we've talked about in the book, Uh, set up a blog, write about your field and your interests regularly and frequently Uh, have a LinkedIn and a Twitter account, Uh, Facebook, maybe not so much if you're looking for a job, but it it certainly doesn't hurt to be on Facebook and then avoid political discussions and avoid posting Uh, uh, What I call them for college students is the spring break photo. Mm -hmm. I think we all know what those are. Uh, Keep that kind of stuff off of Facebook because you might find that your employer and you uh, connect in a lot of ways. But that one thing that you put on Facebook uh, about your political views, that might be the thing that sends them running. So I'm not saying fake at being somebody likable. Rather, be somebody likable. And live that life online.
0: Be you know the story. You know, I tell people the uh, the the life you live is the story you tell the world. And if you want to live a better life, you got to tell a better story. And it's you you know it's it's yeah. all the same thing. So be the person you be the person you pretend to be on Facebook. And and uh, my favorite quote on this is a guy named Josh Wheaton has the quote says, "Always be yourself unless you suck." So. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, the, I guess the upside is quit sucking and, yep, yep. and start telling people about it. So let's go to the action step. My promise is everyone who will commit 25 minutes to 30 minutes to watch the show every week, they can leave with one action step. And this is for salespeople and entrepreneur. One thing that they can put into action in their life today when they put down their phone to start creating a better life. And maybe it means making more money and maybe it means creating more health and more happiness, but, uh, because they all tie in together. But, uh, For you and uh, along the lines of personal branding or anything else you want, what's one thing the folks watching today can start doing now to
1: improve their lives? Um, Well, I'm going to have them pick their phone back up. Uh, The one, and this is especially true for job seekers, but I've seen it and I've done it uh, as a salesperson and an entrepreneur. If you're looking for a job or if you're looking for new clients, you're not going to call people up and ask them for a job or ask them for a sale instead you're going to hold informational interviews and an informational interview is basically it's not the pick your brain talk mm-hmm. stop asking people to pick their brain you read articles online about stop asking people to pick their brain just google it i've written about it a few times don't ask people that instead you want to have an informational interview where they get to talk about themselves and how they got into the industry so, um, you know, if I want to get into book publishing and I want to work in the publishing industry, I can apply on uh, Career Builder and Monster all day long. Or I can call people who work for book publishers and I can say, hey, I'd like to have coffee with you. Uh, I'd like to learn about how you got into the book publishing industry. What is the, the life like? What is that landscape like? What is the local landscape? of where we live like for publishing and maybe see if there are some ways that I can help you. And that's, that's a big part of it. You want to always be able to return something. So this isn't the pick your brain. This is all about me taking kind of interview. But the reason to do this is if you're looking for a job and you call somebody up and say, Hey, I want to see if you got a job. Can we talk about this? They don't want to talk to you. But if you call and say, I want to spend an hour over coffee so you can talk about your most favorite thing in the world, and I'm going to listen and take notes, people love to do that. And And most everyone's
0: most favorite thing in the world to talk about is themselves.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And if you give them uh, an hour with a dedicated audience of somebody who's interested, they're happy to do it. So invite people out, buy their coffee. And... Ask them to talk about themselves. And then when you're finished, you know, and assuming you have also been helpful in return and say, oh, I know somebody who does that or somebody who needs that. Uh, I can connect you with them. But then at the very end, you want to ask them uh, two very important questions. One is, who else can you connect me with? Or is there anyone else I should talk to? And then ask them, can you connect me with them? Because what they'll say is, uh, sure, oh, you need to talk to my friend Terry. Mm-hmm. and then they'll say go call terry and tell him i said to call so now when i call you you're suspicious like i don't know who you are yeah. and i don't really trust that katherine said you should call me but if you know i've met with katherine and katherine was uh, our old editor at pearson but if i uh, you know if i meet katherine and katherine then emails you because i asked her to connect us emails you and says, Terry meet Eric, Eric meet Terry. This is what Terry does. This is what Eric does. This is why I think you should get together. Now, when I email you back and say, hey, do you want to meet for coffee? You've had that warm introduction and you're more likely to want to meet with me. And then I start the process all over again. You're going to tell me about you. You're going to tell me about how you got into the industry, why you do what you do, how you managed to keep all your fingers. Hmm. And then I'm going to ask you to connect me with other people. Fantastic. That's the one takeaway step and the way that basically I built my network here in Orlando all over again. Well, there you
0: go. Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Um, the book is Branding Yourself. It's available on Amazon. How else does everyone get in touch with you?
1: Uh, well, I'm E Deckers on Twitter, E-D-E-C-K-E-R-S. Uh, you can find my work website at problogservice.com. And you can find my newspaper columns, my uh, my weekly newspaper humor columns, at eric E-R-I-K, Deckers.com. Ericdeckers.com.
0: Any last words for us?
1: I've enjoyed it. I hope everybody has a good new year. And please uh, tweet me or email me if you've got any questions.
0: All right. Thanks so much, Eric. Have a great day, everyone. I appreciate you watching.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: Getcha Some Radio. You've been listening to the Getcha Some Radio Show. Subscribe today at TerryLancaster.tv to hear more episodes, win valuable cash and prizes, and get free training to help you create an army of buyers who know, like, and trust you before they've ever even met you. It's a big wide world, boys and girls. Get out there and getcha some.